You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new Centerfire Rifle Ammunition Terminal Ascent. Now, the Terminal Ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The Terminal Ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet and it comes in a variety of cartridges including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06 and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com and while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Joining me today, Micah. What's going on? What are you doing, buddy? I am sitting in, in a friend of mine's basement looking at some awesome deer mounts and couldn't be happier. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, we were originally going to record this episode with uh, Ty Easley uh, with Heartland Bowhunter um, at my house. And his, and his basement puts yours to shame a little bit. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a little more time in <laughs> um, it. And we were talking about that. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to have Ty come over to my house, and he's going to walk into my basement, and I'm going to get really embarrassed. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm proud of my deer, I, no doubt. But uh, um, his are better. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been putting it in for a long time. I think he said 32 years he's been hunting. He's been hunting so longer than me, for sure. He, he's put in the work and the effort, and it shows... And I'm glad we changed venues because, you know, we, we've got to see some cool stuff tonight. Yeah, we got to hear a bunch of different stories about a bunch of different deer. So got to meet his nice. dog. She's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice shed hunting dog. Yep. <laughs> so, um, anyway, today's episode, we are talking, like I said, with Ty with Heartland Bowhunter. Um, kind of about learning on the fly. Learning year after year about... Um, mature deer. Uh, mature deer that you might be after. And in season, learning about how you can maybe modify or change what you're doing to to kill uh, the buck you might be after. And then we do get to hear the story of... Um, Dreamer. Of Dreamer. Yeah, it's one heck of a deer. And, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously have his handle and everything in the show notes, um, but you guys definitely need to get on his Instagram and check out those pictures and videos that he has. Yeah, that that is a, dare I say, freak of a deer. Yeah. 
It definitely is. Gorgeous so. Missouri deer. Um, there's a lot of them hitting the ground right now. A lot of people, I mean, I, it makes me sad because I get on Facebook I need to get or, off Instagram. or Instagram. All <laughs> yep. these pictures are dropping, and I'm just like. And I'm sitting here like, where the hell are mine? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm ready to take anything. a doe. I'm ready to take a doe, and I haven't even had a chance at that yet. So it's I was, been a rough uh, year. I was hunting last night, and I, I texted Andy. And, or he texted me. He's like, you seeing anything? I'm like, well, just had a spike walk in. He goes, you going to shoot him? I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, yep. That, I'm at that point, which is weird. We sh- it's October, you know, early October. We got time, but. But, you know, you, you, you do, you see all these awesome deer hitting the ground. And of course now we're, we're doing a podcast where we got, we get to hear these cool stories with all these people and, uh, makes you antsy. Yeah. Gets you a little antsy for sure. Whatever. We'll, so. we'll, we'll get it done. If we don't, we're going to enjoy the outdoors and, and have fun either have way. Have fun. So. Anyways, uh, we'll get into this with Ty if you don't have anything else. Nope. All All right. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right. Welcome to the show. Got my trusty co-host Micah here again. Where's Andy at? (laughs) Doing farming stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he is upset he's missing this one, too. Well, he's going to miss We're a excited. good one, that's for sure. So, so uh, today we have got Ty Easley with Heartland Bowhunter on with us. Ty, how's it going, man? It's going good. I, obviously. <laughs> it's, yep, it's, it's been a good year so far. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you put in the work, and it definitely paid off this year for you. Yeah. yeah. So so today's episode, we're, we're kind of having this, this hybrid Tales of the Chase episode. Right. It's um, We're not going to label it as such, but... We're we're definitely going to talk about Ty harvesting this this buck he nicknamed Dreamer, and if anybody hasn't seen him yet, uh, we'll obviously show a picture of him and uh, follow Ty's Instagram because, and we'll have you give all that information to Ty. But yep. um, and obviously Heartland Bowhunter, um, what an amazing deer that you were able to to harvest um, last week or yep, a couple days yep. ago. On, it was on last Thursday. So, so um, we're going to kind of talk about all the things you learn hunting a mature deer mm-hmm. um you've you've known dreamer for years now yep four years yeah yeah so you've yeah. learned him and and all these things and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the chess game that you play with deer as they get older you make a decision to allow a deer to 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 continue to mature and they mature in more ways than just their rack size and their body size They're, they also get smarter yeah, no yeah. doubt about that. <laughs> so through those those years with with Dreamer, you've probably had some some moments where you went, "Oops, this could be it," or "He beat me," or all these different things that go into hunting a, a mature whitetail. And uh, that's what uh, the listeners are going to hear today is the the process of going through that that uh, four year hunt. I know you didn't hunt them all four years, but right, that right, four year uh, experience with this deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but first, let's. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Obviously, we said your name and everything, but uh, tell us what you do and things like that. Oh, yeah. and ask them the main question. And name one thing <laughs> that you love about the Missouri outdoors. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, my name's Ty Easley. I've uh, been with Heartland Bowhunter way back from the beginning. I think 2005 is when we started. So, uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> quite the journey and quite the ride. I, I really enjoy both being in front of and behind the camera it's kind of the best of both worlds even when i do kill 
I get to get right back in the stand again and, and film. So I, I love that aspect of it. And, and I get just as much enjoyment as seeing someone I'm with, you know, shoot a big deer as, as I do shooting them myself. So, uh, but yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm with Heartland Bowhunter, been with them for 10 years or I guess 15 years. It's been forever. It yeah, like. it's been a while. But uh, as far a as... A long uh, time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, but as far as uh, my favorite thing I love about Missouri Outdoors is honestly just just getting to share those those moments with people, uh, of getting to see things for the first time, uh, obviously more so on the deer and the turkey hunting side, but... Uh, just getting to see them, just get that excitement that you just, to me, that you just don't get anywhere else, you know, in, in life. So Yeah, I couldn't agree more. One of my favorite hunts that I've ever been on, it was me and my wife. I think it was 2000, I think it was around 2015 or something like that. Uh, Amy went out there hunting with me, and I, I think it was like the second time she's been out, and I killed one of my biggest deer up to that point that night and it, i mean it was it was just awesome just having her right there with me so oh, it, yeah. it it's really enjoyable to take people out there i love taking my daughter i know you do the same you mm-hmm. yeah. and so and yeah. i'm really sorry to my sister but is that the same year that she got stuck in the mud that is the same year that she got stuck in the mud. i believe it was that night i think it was the same night it was it really i think so. so that was really a memorable night yes yes it was so Good. for the listeners we're going to go off on a tangent real quick and we'll get back i promise but for the listeners um that might not have ever seen this video micah has a hilarious video of my my sister his wife um, they're walking into their, their stay in that night and Micah tells my sister to stay along the fence line or whatever. And she decides to blaze her own trail <laughs> and get stuck in the mud. Like literally <laughs> stuck. I had to go pull her out. Of really? The yeah. It was, it was Boot, pretty did, funny. Did her boots stay in there? You literally pretty pulled much, her yes, out? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Yeah. It, it was, it was quite humorous. And just uh, the way she reacted was so hilarious. Yeah, I was sitting there on the end. I was like. Now, what did you learn? Taunting you know, her. Yeah, I was. I was. I had to have a little right. fun with it. But <laughs> yeah. it So that, yeah, that must have been. And then he was a beautiful deer. He was. Yeah. He was. It was a nice 10 point. So. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So we'll just kind of get into it with, with Dreamer. Uh, for the folks that don't know, um, the, the buck that Ty harvested is nicknamed Dreamer this year. Mm-hmm. Um, for good reasons. Uh, me and Micah got to, to look at him and. Put our hands on him. I yeah, might dream about him tonight. Right. <laughs> it is one He's heck still, of a... Mine were starting to turn into nightmares from time to time. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it, it, he definitely was getting under my skin. I hadn't had a deer get under my skin like that for probably a good three or four years. And, and, and it, it, they can start to consume you, and I try not to let that happen. But it it just sometimes it just it happens. Does. When, oh, yeah, when you understand. put that much time and effort into one, it you really want it to all work out and come together. So. A good put, point to make in this episode is it only takes one time. That's right. Right. You can lose, lose, lose. You lose. In the end, you you're a winner if yeah. it all if it all works out. You can out. lose nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand. That's right. You're the winner. Yeah. That's what's crazy about deer hunting is they have to win all the time. You yeah. You just have to win once. That's right. And so we'll kind of talk about um, take us back to the first year you really noticed Dreamer, and some of the things you might have started noticing about him that as and we'll go year by year, but as he got older. Um, made it harder for him to be hunted by you right so what i've learned is every deer especially mature deer once they hit to that five six year old seven year old mark they're they're all a little bit different uh i mean obviously they all eat and sleep and if you can find those two things but some have a much larger core area some are 
a little more, you know, they want to be left alone. <laughs> they don't want to be around other deer, but they, it's all about learning uh, what that deer is like and what his tendencies are. And for me, obviously trail cameras play a huge part in it. I, I mentioned to you guys this earlier that when I first noticed Dreamer, he was three and a half and he was a nice nine pointer, you know, 115, 120 inches, not even a really a big three-year-old, but just a, just a perfect. But what I noticed on him is he just, for some reason, his face, you know, had a real beautiful face on whitetail. Everything was real distinguished and and uh, that's kind of how he got his nickname, Dreamer. He was a handsome man. Yeah, he was handsome. And it was funny because I'm like, should I name him Prince or should I name him? <laughs> so I'm thinking of all these names, and uh, Dreamer just kind of came to me. And I was like, yeah, that he's kind of like a dreamboat or whatever. But it's kind of cheesy. I know how we get these names, but it's stuck. Hey, it's better than all the Mortal Kombat names yeah. like this guy over Dude, here. Dude, you got to throw me under the bus. <laughs> Pick a different theme already. That's all I'm I, saying. I haven't even made it through like 10 names yet. It's uh, so much easier. There's so many more characters you got I'm to I'm telling use, you. Right? Yeah, and they just came out with Mortal Kombat 11, so I might just keep going. <laughs> is that right. factual? Is that a true statement? Apparently, and apparently, uh, I don't remember who one of the characters are. Somebody told me this the other night. I was talking to him, and I'm like, uh, I'm, see, and I'm picky about the names, too, so I might run through it quick, but leave me alone. <laughs> okay. All right. We're over it. We're over it. But, but, yeah, so I noticed him at three and a half, and uh, obviously he wasn't really on my radar. I just kind of, you know paid attention to him and, and obviously pulled trail cameras, you know, the next year. He he got a little bit bigger at four and a half. He actually looked made a pretty good jump to probably mid one forties at, at four and a half and looked, you know, solid mainframe eleven point. Started getting, you know, a little bit more character and and uh kinda coming into his own. But he did kind of disappear on me a little bit uh throughout the summer at four and a half. He kinda moved his core area, which was a little strange because I had just shot a, a big seven and a half year old deer right where his core area was. And I really thought he was just gonna, you know, take that over, but for some other reason he didn't. He kinda moved on to a different area. So Well and and you don't obviously have to get out information here, but from three and a half, um, to four and a half when he became a nice solid 140 some inch deer at four and a half mm-hmm. he might have also been hunted by others yeah and that's what you you know potentially see with a deer that as they get older i mean they have experiences that you might not have witnessed uh he might have had been shot at yeah at some point at four and a half and that's very very missed. true so i mean so what what you noticed that 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 three and a half to four and a half change was he had a shift in his his core area. And it really, what's interesting, it really wasn't far. I mean, he really, from from where I was running the camera at three and a half, and I did finally get some pictures of him at four and a half, <laughs> but, you know, moving on to when he turned five and a half, I didn't get any pictures at all throughout the whole summer. And so I was, and I had a shed to him, so I had a good idea he was still alive. Uh, but it was only maybe 300 yards, 400 yards, and you'd think... Sure enough, you I mean, it, it didn't have to cross a road. Didn't, I mean, this is just kind of part of a big thicket, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just uh, you know going back to what you were saying earlier too. It to me, one thing I've noticed over the years because all the farms I hunt, other people hunt them too. I don't have exclusive rights to to the farms that I hunt, so there are other hunters on there, and I've learned over the years that it's really important to find those creases in between where other hunters hunt because. Majority of the hunters that I hunt around and that hunt with me or that, you know, hunt on the same farm, should I say, that mm-hmm. that I hunt on, they typically do the same things every year. They have their stands in the same right. spots. They're not moving. And they're just, you know, they just don't. I mean, they, they 
I'm sure look at hunting as just more as an enjoyment getting out and are they, are they more just the weekend rifle hunter yeah type, type yeah but it's or? all archery and they're, i mean they're not saying they're not obviously they're good hunters but uh i just don't think they put quite the time as you know and studying the the trail cameras and studying the deer and the you know the sheds and the beds and just you know, putting all that all the little things together right. it's not one certain thing that makes a difference it's all those little things but. right okay do you guys uh just Side note, do you guys, like, come together at all and do any type of, like, management program or anything? Or is it yeah, – Yeah, just he does what he does and that's yeah, it. Yeah, I've always been kind of – yeah, I get this question all the time. Well, would you kill this deer? I, I To me – I don't know, would you? Like, yeah, it just, I, I never – if you're happy with a deer, then shoot the deer. But to me, well, the way I answer a lot of times, too, is if, it's a, if I know it's a serious hunter, I'm like – Okay, is is this the best deer you have to kill? If if this is the best deer that you have, then ten yeah for sure. I mean, why why set your you know sights on something that's not attainable? You'll never shoot anything. Right. Uh, but but yeah, to answer your question, um, we we don't really come collectively together and do that. We kind of the way we separate the property, which works out well for for us, is. We kind of like uh, if it's a hundred acre track, you know, you guys get the back fifty, we get the front fifty. Okay, and that works the best because then when you come on your part, you know, nobody's been on there. Yeah, I was just going to ask leave you, it alone. What do you do you when you're sitting in your stand and you know at five fifteen, Jim Bob is yeah. walking through the field and you're like, oh, well, we're that's that. <laughs> we're very. I've been very fortunate. We have not. We've all gotten along. Everything's that's very good. mutual. Everybody's very respectful when it comes out. I mean, obviously, if somebody kills one, we're letting each other know. You know, hey, you know, we, can we go over and you know? But it's all real respectful. And we've we've haven't really haven't had any problems. I think that's the best way if you're hunting property with multiple people, is to kind of, yeah. You know, you know, make your own little areas where you, you know, where you can and, and be in some type of communication with them. That's yep, a, the yep. old property that I used to have. Uh, well, me and my brother used to hunt. Um, we had the numbers like our piece, it was only like 60 acres, but then the guys around us was like a big 500 acre thing that a few guys hunted or whatnot. And we'd have deer cross through us that went onto them and vice versa and stuff like that. And so we always, we got the numbers to those guys and we always were in contact and we never ran cameras cause we had cows on our, on our piece. So we were just going to get pictures of cows anyways, but <laughs> right. they would, they would send over and be like, Hey, we got these, we'd like to let this one go if we can. And that sort of thing. So now we if, don't do the camera swapping. Hey, so I mean, <laughs> hey that, and that's I'm fine. I'm a little stingy with that. Cause I truly, I, I don't think a lot of the guys even know some of the deer that are exist. On the property, well, to be I'm honest it. with you. And if, if I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, come across being selfish and stuff, but if I'm going to put in our, and I say I, I, I mean we, you know, my, my dad and my buddy Andy and, you know, the mm-hmm. few close people I hunt with. Right. That is a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of money that we put into it. So just to share information, you right. know, freely. vital information <laughs> freely like that and just to entice them to be out there and hunt more and yeah, you pressure might be the deer feet more. Yeah, it just, it's, it's not something I do. Now, if they're, if they're kind enough to share with me, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I will share back and forth. But if it's somebody that's just taking and never giving, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, I get it. you know. But to Micah's point, you know, having that, con- uh, you need to have communication some sort of with communication. without a doubt with the guys that you might be hunting the same property or or close, neighboring landowners. Yeah, close proximity um, to it's it's kind of cool, you know. Uh, before we started, we Ty, myself, and Micah probably talked for forty five minutes before we <laughs> recorded, right. and I was telling you about Ty that that 
deer I nicknamed Sub Zero that I was after a few years, and now he's yes, not I here know. this year. Uh, the year I killed the second buck I told you about, uh, so two years ago, mm-hmm. um, the neighboring landowner and uh, myself and Andy uh, communicate. You know, mm-hmm. talk about what we want to do. We have similar philosophies, I guess you'd call it, as mm-hmm. as as far as what we want to do. And he he nicely sent a video that he got of Sub Zero walking through. Nice. And it's just kind of cool to, you know, have that video if I ever see him again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he didn't have to do. He was just hunting oh, yeah. and, yep. and had that video of him. So, For sure. You know, you can, you can without saying, hey, he's going to be right here, <laughs> right. you can at least still be cordial and, and oh, yeah. know without what's going a doubt. on. And sometimes it just takes that first person to do it, right? Yeah. Who's, who's yeah. going to open that door because they're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to share this. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's very – it's very difficult to get a deer to five years old uh, in the areas I hunt. I mean, it really, truly is. Yeah. And so when they finally get to that age, you know, there's not many of them around. You, you, it, it is. It's, it's kind of a hush-hush yeah, hush thing. Yeah, be quiet about it. Because that know. can spread like oh yeah, wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. So to go back to what we were talking about. So yeah. sorry, folks, but that's what this show is about. We go yeah. off on tangents. Yeah. Um, so three and a half, you, you noticed him. Yeah, four and a half. He made a, a pretty cool jump, and yep. and then he also started changing, started getting matters. smarter. And yep. you know, like you said, he he might have been shot at, he might have been hunted that year, and made some changes because of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he he gets to five and a half, and and you kind of kind just of lose track of him for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I lose track of him uh, all summer long at five and a half. So I really didn't at that time know what I was missing, uh, but I, I mean, I kept thinking. I would get a random picture, even even though I'd had a good idea where his core area was at. I thought for sure I was only a couple hundred yards away. I would get some type of a picture. Right. Uh, anyway, and I just you know typically run it over uh, uh, trophy rock or you know something mm-hmm. you know some type of mineral site. And anyway, so nothing. So come season September, uh, still no sighting. About the second week of September, I really didn't have any deer that I was really adamant about hunting or or killing. So I decided, I was like, well, I'm going to go hang a camera, go slip into where I'm pretty sure confident his bedding area is, or slip on the edge of it mm-hmm. and see if I can find some sign and hang a camera. Well, luckily, I mean, it didn't take, I mean, I literally slipped in, you know, I had the wind, I usually wait on those days with real windy wind, you know, something mm-hmm. in my face, slipped in down the edge of this uh, hedgerow of trees and uh, ran across two scrapes within 50 yards. And I'm like, Okay, here's this, the camera. It, yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty easy, you know, put it, hang it right in between them. I couldn't find it right over the scrape. There was no trees, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to, you know, jam a uh, t post or post in the ground, you know, making a bunch of noise. So I'm like, I, I found Side a tree. Note, by the way, you ever heard of stick and picks? Uh, no, I think uh, Mike had just told me about. I've those got four of them, and really? I really like them. Do you? Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's easy to carry. It it mm-hmm. collapses. Um, I did have one fall down in a storm and broke my brand new stealth cam that I literally had just bought two months ago. Mm, Um, It broke because it got ran over by... Well, (laughs) yeah, it it blew down in a storm and then got ran over by a combine afterwards. Oh, okay. So you do got to be careful with them here and there, but when you don't have, like, want to lug a T-post in there or whatever, you just stick it in the ground, step on it, and they're like 25 bucks. I think Muddy sells them, or Muddy makes Mm -hmm. them. I'm not sure who, but... 
See, I'm uh, always anyway. wary of getting stuff stolen because I've, yeah, had, a good point. Yep. I've yep. had a lot of stuff stolen, so I try to hide my cameras really well sure. uh, as best as I can because uh, some of the spots I hunt are kind of close to the city, so you get a lot of people just wandering through the woods mm-hmm. or cops chasing criminals through <laughs> through your deer hunting land which we've had multiple times oh wow have you had oh, yeah. so you've had that yeah, on trail we, camera oh, oh yeah we've had some pretty crazy stuff mike and i both uh but but anyways yeah so so i i hung the camera there and of course you know with the fresh scrapes i wanted I, i'm itching to get back in there and checking it so like three or four days later i'm right back in which usually i give them at least a week or so mm-hmm. but i went and pulled the card and uh first deer the same day i put it out in daylight just happens to show up a buck named Holyfield, which was a seven and a half year old that I'd had trail cam pictures of for three years that we'd been hunting, but never saw him on the hoof. And I'm like, wow. So, and then going through that night, Dreamer pops up and he's a 170 inch, just giant. And right away I'm excited and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get in on it. You know, I'm going <laughs> to hunt him. And, and now uh, this is at five and a half and this is last season. Or this was last season. Okay, last this season. This was last year, yep, at five and a half. And uh, so I was, I was crazy excited. So right away, next windy day I get with the wind and, you know, wind blowing in the right direction, I, I slip in there, hang a set, trim as little as possible, just enough to, you know, get it, get a shot through there. And uh, then, again, what, start waiting for the right wind to hunt it. And uh, we got the right wind, went and hunted it. Didn't Saw a few deer the first time, not much. Uh, but the next time in, I saw Holyfield, and it was right at last light. If it had been Dreamer, I, I would have had enough light. I would have shot him. <laughs> right. But in that situation, Holyfield was – he was a seven-and-a-half-year-old giant. But I, I say giant. He was really rack-wise and inches-wise. He wasn't much. But, you know, when you've got a 170 walking around, you, you I got a little greedy, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't take the shot. I mean, I, I was, you know – so anyway, so third time in, um, which was a, yeah, it wasn't, I think it was four or five days after my second time in, uh, we went in and of course, Holyfield comes out again, this time like 45 minutes before dark and it's just and, plenty of light. And you're filming. I yeah, mean, we're so. filming for the show and, and, uh, I mean, I, and I can't, I mean, he literally was one of those, he walked one front, worked one scrape, come back the other way. He walked in front of me like three times and finally about the fourth time i'm like i whisper to my cousin who's filming i'm like of course he's he's in the mic going shoot, <laughs> shoot <laughs> he's in my ear saying this and finally i'm like okay if he walks back to the right i'm shooting him and he goes to my left and he turns to walk back and i'm like okay you got, know, gotta do I, it I, I gotta do it you know I'm, and it yeah you know, not to take anything away from that deer i mean it's a seven deer don't get that old it was you seven know year old deer one of the two year seven year olds i've ever killed so i mean it was an awesome hunt deer we had never seen before until that week saw him twice and so it was it was awesome you know awesome story and oh, i've yeah. got sheds to him and so but you know to make a little bit of a slap in the face i go in there about three or four days after i shot him pulled the card and dreamer was daylighted about an hour before dark the night before i shot dreamer oh, or man. the night before i shot holyfield so <laughs> i was like had i known that if i'd have had like a cell cam Right. I don't know if I'd have pulled the trigger, you know, on Holyfield that night. I really don't. I, I may have, but you know, who, who's to say? It's just the way it was meant to be. Yeah. Right. It, right. It I mean, you, you get. I mean, Holyfield. I mean, that's seven. Like you were saying, yeah. seven-year-old deer. Those are pretty rare in themselves. Yeah. So don't when matter. You think about decisions you make and um, the the way things end up. Right. Obviously, now we all have a crystal ball and know that both of those deer have been taken by you. Right. But let's say you you hadn't taking Holyfield that night 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he turns eight and a half and is a shell of himself and dies right. of, you know, did he get the same, uh, respect and, and eternal, um, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Eternal respect that he's going to get. <laughs> right. Being, you know, he's always going to be a deer that now has been okay. filmed. Yeah. And he's obviously going to be uh, represented on, on your wall somewhere at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if you hadn't have done that and, and went after Dreamer, uh, you might have oh, yeah. busted Dreamer out and you never see him again. So, I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> obviously it worked out. Hindsight's yeah. 2020. You know? Yeah. I believe, you know, God's. God, God's got it in control of all that, so I just, I just here along, I'm just along for the ride, and I just, you know, enjoy it. And you just, you make the best decisions you can make at that moment. And you got and your blood plumping. Yeah. And, oh yeah. You did it. There's no doubt about that. We yeah. were, we were really excited. That was a, he was a great deer. So yeah, for sure. And so that, that's last year. Yep. So, what are some things? You know, we're obviously going to get into this year, and, and anybody that's listening to this knows that dreamer took a dirt nap yeah so um what are some things you had learned about dreamer that you really hadn't messed up with him yet you know Mm -hmm. you hadn't i guess quote unquote failed with him um you know a lot of these deers as deer as they get older beat you or bust you you know and then so obviously he switched he he kind of moved a little bit between four and five Mm -hmm. you kind of located him again last season right what are some things you use from learning about him the the previous three years going into this season um as you were kind of making making your plan making your plan because i'm guessing he was the the top of the yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, there was this year it was it was pretty much him or nothing i mean for me i i you know and i hate doing that i i've done that like probably about two years out of the or probably three years out of the 30 years, 32 years I've been bow hunting. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it it's a struggle when you do that. When you just set your sights on one deer, it can be pretty difficult. But I really felt he was very killable uh, just because his core area was pretty, you know, relatively small. So so at the end of last year, after, after I see the trail cam photo, after I kill Holyfield and everything, uh, I actually got an opportunity to hunt him late season. So I knew he was going to be in that area, but again, now I really didn't have a whole lot of food sources. Uh, we did make one uh, late season uh, Boontown Boneyard plot, which has got the turnips and radishes and stuff and brassicas in there. And they were, a lot of the deer, it was the only plot that they were really hitting. So, I mean, they got, once December hit, that thing was lush and it just got hammered in December. And uh, I hunted him a couple times on the plot, a couple times over there where that scrape line was at. And that scrape line was kind of in between uh, the plot and his bedding area. So it was kind of a transition zone. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so I never saw him. Uh, So, you know, you could say that, oh, yeah, I never really beat you. But I hunted him. Was he still showing up on trail cameras? Yeah, I probably got at least probably five different daylight pictures of him in December. Really? Throughout and December. just happened to be times you weren't out but there? He was, yeah, he was just never real regular. Um, he might disappear for a couple of days. But I think his core – I know his core area was pretty small. But, you know, just like what them big deer do. I mean, I literally, without trail cam photos, I would never even know the deer was alive. I mean, yeah. from three years old on. And even even seeing him as a three-year-old, I had no idea if I just saw him as a five-year-old that that was the same right. deer without having trail cam pictures. Of so, I mean, in essence, he was winning, right? I yeah. mean, you were hunting him. 
Oh yeah, and and yeah, he was getting the best of you. I mean, you hadn't seen him. It sounds yeah, like. he hadn't seen. I hadn't seen him. I was hunting him with the right winds. Um, so there's sometimes you know I'd want to go in with the wind. What you get those? I, I so the spot I had set up was any east wind I could hunt him with. I'm sorry, any west wind I could hunt him with. But it seemed like I, so I went back and I start, which I really didn't discuss with you guys a lot. But this year, right when season started, I went back and I pulled every daylight picture I had of him. And I broke down what the wind was doing in the morning, what the wind was doing in the afternoon, whether he daylight in the morning, whether he daylight in the afternoon. I kind of look at uh, uh, the barometer pressure, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I Do noticed, you write that stuff down? Yeah. Okay. So I wrote this stuff down. And this year I did it. I mean, I literally broke it down every day. So when I broke it down this year, I noticed that he was using it almost exclusively with east winds, which was a big slap in the face right away. I'm like, how am I ever going to kill this deer if right. he's using it with almost east winds? But so, but what I really look at is when I when I any every day I look at the wind. Obviously, where, where am I going to hunt this afternoon? Where am I going to mm-hmm. hunt this morning? I always look first of all what the wind's doing that morning. Because if there's this wind switch in the middle of the day or something, I look at where the deer are going to be bedded that morning with what wind it is. And then I determine, okay, where am I going to hunt that afternoon? Where's he bedded at right now where I can slip into without disturbing him Mm -hmm. so I can hunt that afternoon? So with Dreamer, the way I had it figured is if I could catch him with a northeast wind in the morning, some sort of an east wind. He usually bedded on the north side of this hedgerow with some sort of a north wind with a northeast wind. And that morning I killed him. It just happened to be a straight north wind, but just enough to where it wasn't out of the west. You know what I mean? Right. So, and then it switched more to the northwest and west that afternoon, which is just what I needed. I needed a northeast in the morning, switched to westerly in the midday, and then... And it just, it happened to be like that. So, you so really, you really got to have all your T's crossed and I's dotted and stuff to be able to put all that together. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so he's winning, but it's kind of like, a, you know, a game of chess, right? Mm-hmm. I, I prefer checkers. I'm not smart enough. Right. Chess, but, oh, uh, <laughs> darn, I, I don't like chess myself. <laughs> um you're you're playing this this game with him back and forth, mm-hmm. um, not seeing him, and then you go back and start looking at at trail cam pictures. Which I I'm the same way. I run this little property I'm hunting now. I've got six cameras on less than ten acres of timber. <laughs> right, Just, you know, you trying to figure them out. I'm trying right. to cover everything. We're try to cover it all and cast a wide net. But <laughs> right. I, what I don't do, at, which is kind of stupid, I save pictures, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't write down that information. Yeah. And so I can go back and go, yeah, well, he was here on 10-2, 10-4, 10-8, yeah. whatever. And I don't do this with every deer. But if it's but with him, this, this type yeah. of a situation, when it gets to big deer, that's when I do it with. Because usually what I've noticed is usually within, if you can find that bedding area, and then if you, like for Dreamer, okay, so I, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. So I, I don't know if I should go back. but <laughs> So basically. We'll jump around. Yeah, way. so let me, let me go back just a little bit before I go on from there. But so – at the end of uh, last year, I hunted him in, in uh, December. He ends up breaking off one of his uh, brow tines on his right side as G1, and it was about it was split, so it was about 11 inches of antler, which I know, not a big deal, but in the same breath, here it is mid-December. He's got a good opportunity to make, make it. it. Yeah. Most likely going to so, make it. Yeah, so I, at that point, I was like, 
you know, I'm going to let him go. I, I've killed a nice buck this year. I'm I'm content. I'm happy. So anyway, so at the at that point, I'm like, okay, we're we're going to put a food plot right where I killed Holyfield, right where those scrapes were at. We're right on the edge of between both of his bedding areas. I can slip in with any west wind. It, I mean, it was just a perfect kill plot. So we did that. We went in. We we cleared all, everything out of there and uh, and put in some clover. We, I mean, I did a soil sample. We did the the limed it in in February or March, and then went in and fertilized it after the clover had all come up uh, in August. So it was it was ideal. Nice. And I'd actually so that back up just a little bit more right out. So that December after he broke his uh, G1 off that mm-hmm. December. Um, well, obviously I keep running cameras and ended up finding both of his sheds in February, um, just on the South of his bedding area. Uh, so he kind of, like I said, he's, there was a East West hedgerow and he was bedding on the North side of it and South side of it. Uh, he had thickets on each side. Just depending on which, yeah, wind. just depending right. on which win. So we, we got the food plot in, everything was said. He was coming along real nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he was going to be big when I started getting velvet pictures of him. And you just don't know what he's going to grow into because he had these big old just balled up, you know, velvet just looked super heavy. He from four to or from five to six, he put on crazy mass. I yeah. mean, he went from probably 30 inches of mass to almost 40 inches of mass. And you probably don't notice it until uh, Mike and I were lucky enough. We got to come to your house and, mm-hmm. and see the sheds and then also him, you know. He's in the freezer. <laughs> he's in the so, freezer. Right. <laughs> and uh, you you might not notice until you put them together, and he's an amazing five-year-old deer. Mm-hmm. And then you see the rack sitting on his head, and you're just like, my God. Uh, the mass is what's is amazing. Yeah, it truly anything. is. Yeah, I mean, he's only 14 inches wide, but 182 inches. You don't see too many 14-inch no, deer get no, to 180s. I mean, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really cool deer, just a real unique and, and different and uh, – but yeah, I, I knew he was going to be. I knew he was going to be big. I, I honestly thought he was 170s. You know, again, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and that's what I said too. Um, yeah, I, was, yeah. I mean, at a quick glance, a 14 inches wide. I just, but he just has so many points. You know, 18 scoreable points. It starts to add up quick. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I watched him all summer long. <laughs> of course, the anticipation was through the roof. He was, you know, he he was he wasn't daylighting a whole lot, but randomly daylighting you know quite a bit in the evening time very rarely in the morning but uh you know just kind of keeping his same type of deal mm-hmm. and uh of course then season rolls around and beginning of september and we have like the banner acorn year which he's probably about 300 my stand's a good 300 yards away from any oak tree that Uh-oh. would be dropping <laughs> and so now he starts disappearing on me for you know three four days at a time so i'm like oh boy here we go he's gonna get shot by somebody else he's gonna you know something's gonna happen you you just never know right um but i i hunting over clover plots the last four or five years i always know that that first week second week of october boy they are just they are a draw i mean they really hit the clover hard especially when there's not a lot of clover around Mm -hmm. that's another thing though unfortunately this year i don't know if you guys have noticed but clover is abundant it, yeah it boomed everywhere, everywhere. I mean, everybody's everybody's yards full of clover oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's just amazing how good the which was good because my clover cl- clover plot blew up but i think he was able to feed on clover elsewhere pretty much wherever he wanted to yeah, yeah. and yeah. and the acorns i think the combination of that thing was you know 
with why I was getting him so limited. So at that time, I, that's when I kind of broke down the wind. I was like, okay, I need to figure out when he's getting here, when he's coming, because he, he daylighted uh, the 18th of October and then didn't daylight again till the 7th. I'm sorry, the 18th of September. Gotcha. And didn't daylight again till the 7th of September. And then I actually, uh, the 11th, we were going to hunt him. My cousin and I were going to go hunt him on the 11th of Monday. And it was the same type of deal where it was a northeast wind that morning, switching to the uh, northwest west that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I had a strong suspicion he was going to be there. And my cousin, unfortunately, couldn't make it. He had some last-minute things come in, come up. And sure enough, he daylights that afternoon. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was a tough one to swallow, knowing, you know, that. And, and that was the other thing nice, you know. I Up until this year, I've never had that firsthand information, you know, with the cell cameras. I've never yeah. ran cell cameras. So I just got my first one this year, you know. And uh, that's huge. I mean, that is a big game changer in itself just because now you're not checking your camera every week and a week behind on what the deer movement is. You're up to date. You okay? That deer just daylighted, yeah. you know, last night with these conditions. It's going to be the same conditions in a few days. I can set back up and. Well, and all these all the while, I, I guess I I shouldn't label them this, but I don't know what else to say. You're having all these little failures, mm-hmm. right? Oh I, yeah, I wasn't there that night. Yep. Uh, but you're also learning, and you're putting pieces of the puzzle together, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you're okay. He's doing it this, and like you said, you went and started putting data together on on sail cam or trail cam photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the wind doing this day? What was the weather like this day? Uh, you're failing, quote unquote. Yep, because he's still alive, and you're but, actively hunting. But him. I'm learning but the whole way. The whole time he's thinking he's all right, and you're sitting there going, "All right, I got something for you. I'm going to yep. start figuring you out." Because I, I'm guessing you're at that point. Where you, if you don't do something different, mm-hmm. you're not going to kill him. In your mind, right. at least. You yeah, think, and honestly, I, don't, yeah. I don't have a chance at him. Especially when I studied it that first time and saw all the east winds that he was there with. I mean, I literally broke it down, and every daylight, I, I, I got the list. I'd have to show it to you guys. <laughs> but there was, like, from the previous year to this year, all the daylights. There was maybe 10 daylights this year throughout the summer and once season started. And, like, 9 of the 10 were with east winds. Oh, wow. Some sort of east wind. And like I said, with that stand set up, I just couldn't do it. Right. And this early this season, we had a ton of southeast winds to begin the season with. East, southeast winds, northeast. And I just couldn't hunt it. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't. I mean, I, I've, I've learned that over the years that it is better to be on those big deer. You just don't get to make many mistakes. I mean, you... And, and a lot of times you don't even know that they know you just made a mistake because uh-huh. they, they smell you before you have, they ever hit the food plot. 150 yards away and yeah. you didn't even know they were it's, there. Yeah, it's yeah. game over. So I just – I don't take that chance. I, it's funny because I, I feel like I'm a pretty aggressive hunter, but when it comes to the wind and a certain set and especially that – now during the rut, a little bit different story because you're not hunting a deer that's on a pattern. You're just hunting deer that are cruising pretty much. Um, and I'll take more chances. I'll, I'll squeeze in and, you know, push on places that mm-hmm. maybe the wind's not ideal for. But when I'm hunting a certain deer, you know, that time of year when they are patternable, somewhat patternable, then I then I just I stay out until the, the conditions are perfect. And 
Well, I mean, and that's what makes you a good hunter is you have the patience and the knowledge to know that you can't push those limits mm-hmm. certain times. So right. Sometimes you can go in there, like you were saying, during the yep. rut. So you gotta you got to learn when you can and when you mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. So. But like you, uh, like you said, you put those six, I didn't quite have six cameras on 10 <laughs> acres. That's, that's, that might be a little insane. But. <laughs> well, and the stupid part is I only check, well, I did check three of them the other night after I got down because uh, I hunted last, last night mm. and I got rained on the entire evening, right. which was never a really strong rain. So I, I was never cold. I thought this is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened, but when I got down, there was three, three of those cameras are within 80 uh, yards, 80 <laughs> yards radius of this main stand that I'm, I mm-hmm. try to get in. And, uh, so I just, you know, just popped right. into each one of them and it was quiet and I could right. get out of there. Um, there's another one that's up in the bedding area, uh, that I try to stay out of and catch them coming off of it that mm-hmm. i probably won't see until january right. i don't even know why i put it up there at this point because right. uh, i'm <laughs> that's not. where your cell camera should go <laughs> that's you a had good one call. <laughs> yeah uh yeah. And I, where's, I don't even remember where the oh there's one on the tree i climb yeah uh, just to see if i catch anything as i'm going in but no uh, trespassers <laughs> no there's not, <laughs> no, there's not. yeah so uh, catching those no i know but catch a dog from time to time walking right. by but uh yeah it's one of those deals where you're you're learning Mm-hmm. as it goes and and when i pulled those cards last night i learned some stuff oh yeah there's the main deer i'm after there his nickname is sector by the way another mortal Kombat. um okay. he showed up one evening mm-hmm. um which was two weeks ago which throws me off and he hasn't been back on any of those cameras since but at least i go okay yeah he's he's starting to maybe potentially come back a little bit to this area that, like I said, I'm not in this core core. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at least it's a, a positive note, but. And it'll be interesting next year because I've noticed a lot of year to year and almost to the day, a lot of times that deer will show up in, in daylight, like certain days of the year. Like, I uh-huh. mean, a lot of times it's to the day, sometimes within a day or two, but you know, that pattern, that pattern, you know. Yeah, it's it's definitely there. Yeah, you were if you, if you were you talking about that. Yeah, you were talking about that with the deer that uh, that Alexis. Alexis yeah, huh? Alexis yeah. going after this year. Yeah, he <laughs> shows up every year in October, uh, right about the first week of October, tail mm-hmm. end of it usually, you know, about the seventh to tenth, and he's done it three years in a row, and is there till February, and then he's gone. So it Come just, hmm. yep, it just you know it's kind of kind of cool how different deer have different tendencies but but yeah so you had the six so i this year i went in and put four um i put it you know and all the the we had put in not just that one food plot but we ended up putting in a couple more food plots this year and so i put one on the south side of his bedding area one on the west side one on the east side and one on the north side so Mm -hmm. i had all areas covered and i was getting i was on the verge of you know, coming up with a backup plan for easterly wind on the south side of his bedding area uh, was going to be a little bit more of a rut stand, you know, because it was on the way to another doe bedding area where I was pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I actually hung that camera there, hung it in the morning about 1030. And I got trail cam pictures, video of him at 1215 that day <laughs> using a scrape, a mock scrape that I had put up. So, and this is later information that I got after yeah. I killed him. Sure. Um, but it was nice. And that was another thing, you know, I, I really wanted to get in there and hold that, put that stand up. But I think a lot of people, 
maybe go in a little too crazy sometimes. They're like, okay, I've got to kill this deer. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to put, you know, three or four stands up for him. But I almost think you don't want to go too deep, too fast. Um, yeah. With this deer is the same way. Cause I didn't want to go in and hang that set. And one, because why go in and do a bunch of work if I don't need to, if I can kill him on the plot that I made for him. But number two is it was close enough to his bedding area. I didn't want to disturb him because I knew if I went in there, even if I did it with a windy day, with a north wind, with everything right, it's still going to lay down a lot of sin. I'm still going to make noise, and it's going to pressure him for a few days. And then, you know, it's just one more chance for him to learn more about me instead of me, you know, being very incognito, slipping in and learning yeah, more right, about him. Right now you're learning about him, and he is indifferent to what's going on. Yeah, he has no idea He feels like, hey, I got this in the bag. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're learning, and last thing you want to do is all of a sudden then now give him that, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this dude's back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to go the other way stop now. Stop walking this way, yeah. jerk. And <laughs> yeah. So fast forward to the night. Uh, you know, I, I just three nights before had the opportunity, didn't work out because we didn't, we didn't get to hunt. He daylighted the night that we went in. I was like, this is it. I mean, I was like, I'm by, I don't say 80% very often. That's a pretty high number for me to throw out a number when right. it comes to killing a big mature deer, but it just felt right with, right. with the conditions and him daylighting those few days. I always before. say, Ty, 50% of the time, it works every time. That's right. <laughs> I thought it was 60%. I don't know. Time. It works it's every 60. time. 60%. <laughs> Come on, you can't mess up movie quotes. Oh, I can mess up movie quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I love trying movie quotes out because I, I love movies, but uh, right. I'm almost always mess them up, but right. you get the gist. Yeah. No, I got you. I follow you. <laughs> but anyway, so we went in there that night, and what's crazy is we didn't see a deer all night long until I, I caught some glimpse uh, working that same dang scrape line, mm-hmm. and I caught some movement to a tree, and I was like, oh, I think I see something, and, you know, we're looking at it, and I'm, you know, moving all around the tree trying to find a little window to look through and see, and sure enough, I finally catch an antler at times and i seen all the mass and i knew it was him right away and and uh you know it wasn't it wasn't one of those i got lucky and get to watch him forever which that was one thing i, I love about my hijack kind of a few years ago he came into the food plot and i got to watch him for like 20 minutes before mm-hmm. i shot him which was That's pretty, pretty cool, cool to yeah, get to cool. watch a deer like that but a little nerve-wracking probably yes, at the same time but yes but he comes out just perfect and but what i was going to get at is like you were just saying a minute ago he was just i mean really had no idea i was no idea we ever hunt he was being hunted he was not mm-hmm. nervous at all he fed right out into the plot not nervous walked in and even when i shot him the arrow zipped through him so fast i mean he comes right out perfect come to full draw didn't have to bleed it didn't have to do anything he just stopped to feed and right leg went forward and he was quarter i pretty much broadside and, and just one of those where you pull the trigger and the arrow goes right where you want it to so just Whoop. yeah just everything felt awesome and uh but I think part of the reason he didn't, you know, a lot of deer in that case just run on a death run. Uh-huh. He had no idea what happened. And he was so comfortable in there. He just runs like 10 yards and just stops. And what was that like, type what of thing? The hell just hit yeah, me. what's going on? Yeah. And then, you know, tips over right there. And, of course, that makes that much more oh, yeah. no exciting when, you know, the the emotions were definitely flowing, you know, right well, you then. Can, you can get excited right then and there because you're like, yeah, there he is. He's yeah. dead, you know. There's yeah. no... There's no uh, worry that okay did did I mess something up is there is there anything that happened Yeah yeah you know? that's funny I always say the the best reactions uh, especially for like you know in videography are those ones that when the guy sees the deer go down or something because 
usually you turn the camera any other time and if it runs off your in the back of your mind like well i think i made well, a good there, shot. yeah there's always that little bit yeah, of hesitation to be like yep oh man i hope it looked good i yeah. hope it worked out but you don't yeah. ever know for sure unless you do actually see them go down but all, a little side note in that can you got that video on your trail camera too mm-hmm. didn't you so I thought that was pretty cool. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny because we were sharing that. I watched that. Uh, so that's right before you shoot him. Yeah. He's so coming out. The way I have my uh, camera set up, that camera, I have it set up to. Uh, it obviously triggers. It uh-huh. takes a picture. It waits three seconds. Takes another picture. Waits three seconds, and then takes a ten-second video clip. So he just happened to walk right into the camera <laughs> view. And trips the, the it gets to the video part of it like literally like four seconds before I shoot him. So it has him walking up, and then standing there. You see the sh- you all of a sudden you hear the the arrow. You can see it go right through him, and then he runs off and stops. The only thing it could have been better is if, if I, it watched it. If it yeah, if I could have been like twenty seconds, yeah. you know, because uh-huh. it only has a ten second on that one on that uh, camera. But so cool that we were. I got it home that night, and I'm like, well, because it sends. It sends the pictures to my phone, uh-huh. but, but it doesn't the send the video. Sure. Okay. So it sent the pictures, and the second picture was his was him with his head down feeding, and I'm like, well, that had to have been right before the shot. Yeah. So sure enough, I'm thinking, well, there's a chance it probably got him running off or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some type of video of it, but you know, we were all watching it with my kids and and my wife and. Of course, we're playing it for the first time, and we all see it. We're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe it!" It's like couldn't have been any better. Just you know, part yeah. of the part of the dreamer, you know, right. the whole dream. No, I, I 100% agree with you. It just was perfect. Buck I killed two years ago. Uh, I never put the card back in when I grab it when I climb. Uh huh. And I wished I would have because he would have been right in front of it, standing there as I shot yeah. him. Yeah. You know, you just kind of think of that sort of stuff, thinking that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I've seen a few video clips of that, but usually they're kind of off or uh-huh, something right. ain't right. But I mean, this that one was, was like he's yeah, right almost there, perfect. Full, almost yeah. like right there in the middle. It worked out filming good. from there almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a, well, and that, for people to take away from this, adjusting on the fly, learning. Mm-hmm. If you're especially if you're hunting one specific deer, learning what they're doing, trying to figure out. What is it I can do to just win that one time? Right. Yep. And had you just kind of done the same stuff you did last season when you were, you know, hunting him and um, Holyfield. Holyfield. Yeah. Maybe. He, he might have busted you and you yeah. never see him again. Yeah. Or had you not really went back and thought, okay, what exact wins was he using these days? Mm-hmm. Um, you never know what, you know, like you said, you go in there and hang that stand, make a bunch of noise. And, and it, obviously, a big part of it too is that that food plot, that kill plot. Putting in a small enough plot like that for a draw, I mean, that that really, I think that really helps giving him something something so comfortable he can go to and feed right by his bedding area, mm-hmm. getting just close enough where he feels comfortable, but not too close to where you're going to take a chance of bumping him, you know, every time. Right. That entrance and exit is so huge. I know, you know, you had mentioned about going and checking cards. I mean, that's always a risk because you're hunting that deer or you're hunting deer that are potentially going to be coming in right about that time of night and especially right after dark, you know, a lot of deer. So to me, I, I, when I check my cameras, it's always mid middle of the day. I always try to use the right wind. I try to do it on like windy conditions even, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, 
it's all the little bitty things that make that difference right there at the end, you know. And we all do it differently. Not saying everybody knows their own property. Everybody knows, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot different. of people, you know, they'll get on a four-wheeler or a tractor or something yeah. like that. And they usually have good luck, you know, mm-hmm. if they got that motor because they're yep. used to the constant tractors or four-wheelers or whatever. They're used to that. So that doesn't spook them off and yep. stuff. So yep. it's, like you said, whatever works for you. Well, yeah. and I, I guarantee. Um, I, I agree with you. I had that thought run through my head last night mm-hmm. when I got down. I said, you watch. I'm I'm going to cross this damn creek, and he's going to be standing there. Uh-huh. You know. Right. Would I know it was him? Maybe not because it was dark enough at that point mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't. Might have seen antlers. I don't know. But, right. And I'm sitting there just like, okay, just go, 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 go. Get it out, over with and get out of here. Yeah. And, you know, luckily, like I said, it was really wet, so I was making no sound walking. Right. But it had really calmed down too which mm-hmm. scared me a little bit like you were saying so yeah oh. it's, it's it's one of those gambles you take yeah at times but a lot of times do i have time to get back and check it do i have it's it's i i get right. it i get it you know uh like a, one thing on dreamer you know this year when i hunted him i i, I killed him on the fifth time in this year mm-hmm. uh but every time before that all fourth i hated getting out of that tree i mean i was always the first time in i'm climbing i get to the last step and uh, my cousin's like <laughs> whistling at me, and I look up, and he's like pointing out in the field. I'm like, oh no, don't tell me yeah. he's right there. And I'm looking out in the clover plot, and, and I see this big body moving up. And it was a different, it was a three year old, thank goodness. But I mean, my heart was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. No bust, way. Gonna bust but me. every time I'm like, okay, this is like <laughs> like a NASCAR. We're, this is a pit crew. We're getting out of this tree as quickly and as quietly as possible. Because I mean, that's that's the that's a huge part getting in and out. It's the one thing I hate most about hunting is mm-hmm. no matter what you freaking do in the morning or in the evenings. When I'm going in in the mornings, mm-hmm. I always am like, you watch. I'm gonna walk right into this freaking yep. place in the dark, and I I might use a light very minimally to get into places. You know, okay, there's my trail or mm-hmm. whatever when I'm getting through. But you know you don't know what's in there. You're in, right. you're in the dark, and I, I there's no feeling that's worse when you're walking into your stand and you hear something crash away yeah. in the mornings and you have no idea what the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Or same thing in the evenings. Evening. Yep. And now it's dark and you're getting down and they could be in the field, eighty yards away from you. Right. Um, and as you're exiting the timber, oh, you know yeah. there they are or something. So yeah, yeah I wish there was a way to. Yeah, just get out of there. Like, into snap the snap your hands and it's noon, <laughs> <laughs> or snap your fingers and it's noon. You can get out of there. Yeah, that that makes it tough. There's no doubt. There's, but I mean that's just part of hunting though too. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. it's yeah. uh, part of the fun of it too. Yeah. Right. So obviously, yeah, that night uh, you execute it, and I know this isn't the tales of the chase episode, but I'd think we'd be doing him uh, injustice if we didn't talk about what Dreamer looks like. So you shoot him, you watch him go down. Yeah. Um. Fight, what was that fight, first? Back to tears. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> For I, sure. I, I mean, it was, it was definitely an emotional moment. Um, just, I mean, really all that, all that time of all of, you know, me and my buddy and my, you know, dad and just all the work that just, and it, like I said, it's, it's not just me. I, I was fortunate enough. I, I kind of really watched that farm and run it. And, and so I was fortunate enough to, to get to shooting, but man, it's just it, it it's overwhelming and it's like any moment you know you're just kind of beside yourself and I walk up on him and it's like man 
wow, he's he's really right there. It's so awesome, but in a way, gosh, it's it's over. Yeah, you know, you mm-hmm. almost kind of it's, it's kind of sad. There's too, no way a little bit. Yep. Yeah, everybody says bittersweet, but that's the truth. That's it. Really, truly, is a little bit bittersweet. But I mean, I was I was so so excited to to get that opportunity to to harvest that deer. I mean, he's like I said, 32 years of bow hunting. That's the biggest white tail I've ever shot in Missouri, and and I've been doing it a long time. Yeah, that's so, a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at all your mounts right now, and you got quite – Some large deer. Yeah, quite a few <laughs> large ones. So yeah. that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, the a big takeaway here is you should always be learning. Mm-hmm. In season, out of season, no matter what. Yeah. And – that could help you with a harvest of if it's just a sing a singular deer singular deer you're after or mm-hmm. if you know you've got multiple deer you're you're hunting um yeah i like those odds better when there's a lot of big ones that's always makes yeah. life a lot easier yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a different feel uh to going and hunting for one single deer than there is when you're when you're just kind of like, especially like during the rut, when you're just kind of, you go and let's you're like, see kinda, what happens. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's hope a big one comes by, which is fun. It's a different type of not saying that's the, I love that time of year. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a different feel when, when you're expecting a certain deer to show up, you know, at a certain time. Yeah. You know, no, but. I agree with you. Well, Micah and I both congratulate you. Uh, what an awesome deer. Oh, I appreciate um, it. Man. I feel, I feel, uh, humble even getting to, to touch his rack and and get to see him i mean in person that's really cool that that uh we got to to check him out and um obviously excited to to see everything too um so before we hop off here mm-hmm. why don't you give everybody um you know your handles um let them know how they can see this awesome video of of his hunt mm-hmm. um and then uh, we'll we'll let you go yeah so i'm like i said earlier i'm part of heartland bow hunter um so all my stuff is pretty much through them. Uh, I do have my own uh, uh, Instagram page. It's at teasley74. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. I, I never look at it anymore. I can't <laughs> <let's> remember. <laughs> I, think it's, I, can... I think it's at teasley74. Uh, anyways, but they're they're looking it up. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, this this episode will probably air. I'm sure on the Outdoor Channel next. Uh, probably eh, depending on who kills what in the group and what, but sometime <laughs> next July, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I am, uh, on my Instagram page, I have been kind of going over the story, which I went over a lot of it. I'm, yeah. I may go over a little bit different things on the, on the story. And right. there's also pictures and videos, which I went through and put a, a little video of him growing throughout his velvet, which is really cool to see him starting in June going all the way to September and you can just see his antler growth, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of pictures from when he was three years old, all the way to six years old. So to, I, I, that's, I love, I love watching a deer grow. I mean, be it a hundred and, you know, 1520 inch, six, seven year old, or if it's a 180 inch, you know, six or seven year old, I just love, I love building that history with a yeah. deer and and watching them grow and just and seeing you know it, it, seeing what they what do you ha- so what do you have planned for the rest of the season you're obviously tagged out till after right till rifle yep so, so I've got one trip planned to Kansas uh, where I'm hopefully gonna go kill yeah. another <laughs> giant okay, like that one behind sons. me <laughs> yeah uh, he's he's a big one uh, he was a big one but uh, yeah I go out there with Heartland Pride Outfitters and man they those guys got some property to hunt man and it's not 
I mean, it's not like it's high fence. We were talking just farms, uh-huh. just pe- places they lease out. So, I mean, it's it's hunting. I mean, I didn't kill there last year. I went out there last year, and if I had ended up killing this years. year, I, had a, I hunted one deer, got hooked up on one deer, and I – And he know, won. And he won. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he beat me down. It wasn't even close. I mean, it, <laughs> I'd never even seen him. That's one and of those he, learning experiences oh. that you uh, – you you take after the ass kicking. Oh yeah. Okay. What can I learn from this? <laughs> Worst part about that one was the day, the morning I leave. He daylighted that afternoon, and I hunted that. I hunted that deer like six days in a row. Sounds about Never right. Never saw him once. Yeah. That's probably crazy. One eighties, giant. It just. But you know, I, I love it. I wouldn't change it. That's I get. I get that way. A little stubborn sometimes, but yeah. yeah. That's all right. Nothing no, and, and like you were just saying a couple minutes ago. Whether it's you're you're chasing a three and a half year old hundred and thirty inch deer or a a, a beast like um, Dreamer, Dreamer. Yeah. I mean, it's what are you getting out of this, right? Mm-hmm. And if if it gets your blood pumping, yep, that's that's what matters. Um, I think it's really cool to see. You know, we all, Micah, myself, Andy, um, most of the guys we hunt with, hunt with, we we try to take mature whitetails mm-hmm. if we can, um, and a lot of us do it that way. Other people don't. Yeah. That's it's perfectly fine. I don't happy. care. Yeah. Don't right? measure yourself against anyone else. It's yeah. Right. What, like you said, it's whatever makes you happy. But, yeah. but yeah, the rest of my year just be pretty much filming my dad. I mean, I, I don't ever get greedy. Very rarely do I kill two deer. I don't know. I think I've killed two deer in Missouri one time in all those years of bow hunting. Hmm. Really? Just because I don't, I mean, usually once I kill one, I'm filming my dad my, you know, couple of guys I hunt with all the time, my daughter. I mean, I, I want to share that, you know, because uh-huh, I'm yeah. still hunting. Like, I mean, I may not be pulling the trigger, but I'm still hunting. I'm still getting, yeah. and I still play the game. I mean, know. that's still fun. I oh, mean, getting yeah. out there with a camera, we talk about it all the time, you know, uh, if one of us tags out, we, we're going to start trying to film each other because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable and it gives you an excuse to get back out there a little more. So. Yeah, and, and I think this year's moment, a perfect year right? to do it. Yeah. Yeah. To share that moment in the tree, to me, I I couldn't imagine. You know, a lot of people, I, and I get people love going and hunting by themselves and just enjoying and God's creation. I, I get that. I do that too. But um, I, that when that moment finally happens, to have someone right there with you to share that with, oh, that's what just, oh, that's yeah. what really does it for me. I love sharing that moment. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, we we talk about it every year and then, we get busy hunting, right? <laughs> and I think this is one of those years, though, that me me personally, if I were to get one of the deer that I'm after, I'd I'd probably hang it up mm-hmm. and and start doing stuff with the guys because mm-hmm. that's just one of those years where there's not really the other ones that I'm really after, right? Or the other ones that are there just aren't necessarily what I maybe want to go after this year. So right. Um, it might be a good opportunity. Of course, we're sitting on October 21st. Right. It's, I, I literally don't think I'm any closer than I was You know, at the that's what's awesome about it. I could talk to you guys in two days from now, and you both could be tagged out. That would well, be a terrific. awesome thing about deer hunting. Yeah, next it. time I get to go, I think the wife yeah. gave me the okay for Friday. So I'm gonna okay, so three days I'll yeah. talk to you, and yeah. you'll be tagged out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, so I, unfortunately, am in a wedding. That, not unfortunately. I'm right. in a wedding this weekend. Right. Um and so I've got rehearsal dinner Friday night, and I've got the wedding Saturday, and then my daughter's in a softball tournament. So I'm going to beg to go Friday morning before the, the rehearsal, right. <laughs> uh, assuming everything's correct. But um, 
And then before that, I think I'm going to take some time off next week. Yeah. From work and, and get out there. Oh, I saw 30s on I know. Monday and Tuesday. It's, it's, that's which, crazy for Which is October. great for hunting. It's and it's great for my business, but that just means that I have to Those work. Are hard. Hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm in the propane business, so everybody's getting cold, so they're calling up. And so, I mean, it is what it is. Hank you know? Hill's going to get busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just part and of that it. That means you know? I'm going to be cold. I work for AT&T outside. You know, that's my full-time gig. I don't do Heartland Bow Hunter. Uh, a lot of people don't know that about me, and especially people I go to church with. Are, what, you don't do that for them? Well, I, no, I, I got a job just like you and, <laughs> and make time to hunt. But, uh, yeah, it'll be cold outside for me, too, getting yep. on poles and that. But, but you know, that's we, we live for that cold weather. Oh, yeah. Get them whitetails up and moving. I know. And it's it's weird, but I, I told you guys earlier, but I saw a pretty good-sized buck that got hit on the road. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. I hate seeing that, but I also like seeing that because that just means they're moving more and more. Yeah. You know, so right. they're they're starting to get up on their feet a little a little more. So it's that time, you know. Yeah, so yeah it's it is. exciting. So so uh everybody, um, you know, go check out Ty's Instagram. Obviously uh Heartland Bow Hunter when it comes out and you'll see a um awesome video like they always put out. Um well I mean sorry, but yeah, go ahead. Heartland Bow Bow Hunter, they're y'all's production is by far the best in the business i think i mean i don't watch a ton of hunting shows but the ones i do y'all y'all beat them all just in your production i mean the quality that y'all put out is just awesome i I we really appreciate that we that's what we strive we always you know from the beginning we've we've strived to tell the story with the lens and not have to you know explain talk it. and explain <laughs> everything throughout yeah not you know all, yeah. all shows are again just like hunting all shows are different everybody's got right. their different feel people like different things but we always strive to be that type of show that you could sit down with your wife and watch it because mm-hmm. yeah. she could get some enjoyment out of you know no we go to your guys' um, is it the premiere every year mm-hmm. or whatever yep. until covid this year yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> right. that that put yeah that yeah, put yeah, a damper everything. on it and i walk away almost mad like <laughs> That was so damn good. I don't even want to freaking film my shit. <laughs> like, like, what am I going to do? Oh, look at this Sony Handycam that I stuck oh, out here. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. It it does make you think about trying to catch stuff on, mm-hmm. on camera. And, and I've dabbled here and there, but there's times I don't do it either. But So, congratulations again. Uh, I really that, appreciate that it. That is awesome. Yeah, um, th- thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, so. thank you guys for letting me tell the story. Yeah, and, I love sharing it. You know, that's part of part of hunting man it's this yeah. is what i love so. maybe we'll have you on again sometime to take talk more about some more tactic type things okay. too yeah, yeah or maybe yeah. filming or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah. yeah. so maybe uh, if my daughter kills hot shot maybe there we, we go that, then yeah. we'll give her a proper tales of the chase episode. there you go yeah. okay <laughs> so um anyway congrats again unless you have anything else we'll hop off no no just appreciate you guys letting me uh tell the story and and uh it was nice getting to hang out yeah no yeah, thanks absolutely. for coming on yep. thank all you right, Ty. we'll see you man all right thank you bye that was an awesome story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like we said in the show and in the beginning, you want to get on uh, his Instagram and check out all that stuff. And it'll, you know, just kind of tie it all together. Because we can, we can paint a picture and Ty can paint a picture of what the deer is and everything. But until you see it, and you I mean, unfortunately know. you couldn't see it in person like we did. And we actually got to put our hands on it and its sheds prior. Um, but it is one Amazing deer. awesome deer. So, and it's just more for you to learn, right? There's, there's so much I learned in this episode that as soon as we get off, uh, I'm going to pick Ty's brain more. (laughs) Um, and 
you know, you just you learn to put those little pieces back together, yep. and hopefully it all works out for you. And there's a lot of people, me included, that are stubborn. And that's true. You've yeah. got to start rolling with the punches, maybe a little more. You know, there's times where maybe I, I stick with what I think is the right choice when I really should be paying attention to things that are screaming at me. Yeah, yeah. Or like, like he was saying, how he went back to prior years and trail cameras and started picking. He only would come out in this wind and doing, you know, and break it down, getting the data and all that. And right. you know, I, I know for me, well, for this year for me it's totally different because they're all it's new properties and i just i'm just now getting all the information that i got and it's just been a rough year so far but eventually you know it should come together hopefully. shaped together yeah. yeah so anyway uh hope everybody enjoyed the show um keep tuned in uh make sure you guys like and subscribe to the uh the podcast um we would really appreciate it um and keep tuning in. We've got some really good episodes already recorded that we're going to be coming out with and some other stuff we're going to be doing, some some charity organizations we're going to be talking with that we're really excited about mm-hmm. um, that I just found out about and, and met with uh, last week. So we're excited to do those episodes too. So yep. uh, stay tuned. we got some, some stuff coming up. And unless you got anything else, that's it. We'll talk to you all later. Bye.